How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, a toddler mom, and a serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and giving you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, I am here with Brittany. She is coming to us to talk about her business, Black Girl Math Book, which is the most clever name that I'm definitely going to mess up saying. Uh, it's kind of a play on the word magic. So, Brittany, um, we were together on a panel for a summit, and after hearing your talk, I knew I had to have you on because I am absolutely in love with your business, your business model, and you and everything that you share on your Instagram page. So can you just start by giving everybody a little background on you and your business and kind of how your business got started? Absolutely. So thanks again, Alyssa, for having me. It's such an honor to be here and, you know, for us to just have that one small interaction and here we are. So thank you for that. So I am Brittany and I am a math lover. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Um, I have loved math since I was a little girl. My husband actually asked me last night, do I have a moment where I, where I knew I was in love with math? I don't. I have just always loved math. I am passionate about increasing mathematical agency, fluency, enthusiasm, excitement, persistence, et cetera, et cetera, in children especially in girls and Black children, because they sit at the intersection of pervasive racial and gender gaps in mathematics and in STEM. So I started tutoring when I was 17 years old, when I was a freshman in college, and I fell in love with it. It was just something so exciting and fulfilling about being able to connect with a student one-on-one and really help them with their specific issues with mathematics And so no matter what full-time job I was working or what I was doing in my career, I was always tutoring math on the (laughs) side. And what I just, again, love is being able to connect with students one-on-one. I started tutoring a few years ago at a local nonprofit uh, here in Detroit. I'm a native Detroiter. And what was unique about my tutoring work there was that it wasn't what I normally do, which is go into the student's home and work with them one-on-one. Now I'm working with multiple students from multiple grades, multiple schools, multiple backgrounds, all at once. And one of the things I noticed very quickly was that when my students, especially middle and high school, when they came to me asking for help with algebra or geometry or some of these higher level math classes, and we dug into the work, it was actually not the algebra geometry that they were struggling with, it was basic mathematics. It was found. It was the foundational things like fractions and negative numbers and decimals, etc. I was trying to figure out. I was like, okay, something is here because these students are coming from different schools. They're coming from different households, but I'm seeing this common thread. And how can I address this beyond just my tutoring work? Because I know it's just not my students who are experiencing these issues, right? We know most people are proud to say they're not good at math and 
you know, it's okay to say you're not a math person. So of course, this is just a, a this was a piece of a bigger issue. So I was mulling over that on one side. And then the other piece of this story about how Black Girl Magic got started is when I met my husband, when we first started dating, he had all these subscription boxes he was subscribed to because he doesn't like to physically shop. So he had boxes sending him clothes and boxes sending him food and boxes even sending him sunglasses. So he introduced me to the model about six years ago. And I was just enamored. I was like, oh my gosh, you can just get stuff sent to your house? You know, this is so cool. <laughs> so two years ago in 2018, I basically put those two things together. My fascination with the subscription box model and then my desire to really amplify math confidence building in children. And that's how Black Girl Magic was born. Right. Absolutely. I'm in love with that. And, and I can definitely relate to the, uh, a lot of pieces of that, but especially seeing in my students, the, that common thread of the basic understanding of some foundational principles in math, it's kind of like building a house. And if the first floor is shaky, it's very hard for them to then continue to build. And I also had math anxiety as a kid. So I remember what that was like to struggle with those foundational skills. The higher I would go with the math concepts, the worse my anxiety would get because I was still struggling with those foundational principles. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us, you brought these two ideas together. How did you do that? How does your subscription box work? Yes. So one of the first things I did, and I won't go into too much detail because I think we're going to talk about it, talk about it later, was a ton of research. Um, this again, for me, I know I've been tutoring children for over 15 years and I've seen a lot of patterns and things, but I wanted to validate what I was seeing and what I was experiencing with the research. So as you think about addressing math anxiety, and especially in the United States where we have um, approximately 93% of American adults who experience math anxiety, I mean, that's almost everybody. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not just a one-time thing where you can you know, hand a child a piece of paper or give them a really fun math experience and then be like, okay, you're good. You're not anxious in math anymore. You're done. That's not how it works. I was really intrigued by the subscription box model specifically because it is a an ongoing model. So if you think about Netflix or even um, if you're, I, I like to joke and say, if you're old like me and you remember the Columbia House um, CDs that you could get delivered to your house every month. I don't know how many folks remember that. I loved those. Um, the, a subscription model, right? It's not a new thing. It's not a new thing to be regularly getting something sent to you or regularly getting money taken out of your account for a service. But the concept of sending a box full of stuff on a subscription basis is a relatively new phenomenon. So I did a ton of research and I knew I wanted to do a subscription box because going back to what I said earlier, you can't just, a child has to have multiple consistent and frequent positive experiences with mathematics to heal their math anxiety. And some of our kids are actually a step above, unfortunately, math anxiety. Some of them have math trauma, which is a real term, a psychological term that has been widely studied. And so to really address that, you have to come in and they have to see positive, see and experience positive math experiences over and over and over again. 
So the way that the Black Girl Magic subscription box works is that you go on our website. We um, have a monthly theme each month, a real world theme that kids can relate to. And you can see the theme on our website. And then it is just as simple as clicking a few buttons and you have your subscription going. It is not any contract or anything you're stuck with. It is a month to month subscription. So you can cancel at any time. We also have an option where you can skip a few months. Oh, we're going on vacation or, you know, we have a lot going on at home. We need to skip a couple months. That's also an option. And then we do have some folks, a lot of like aunties and, you know, grandmas who order the boxes for their nieces or their granddaughter's birthday. And it's a gift. So we do offer those as well. But we always recommend that you continue you just to build again, to undo that math anxiety and to really build that math confidence to have this box coming to the girl every single month until you feel she's in a place until she, and she feels that, you know, she's in a place where she's comfortable and confident in her math ability. Wow. So what are some items that they might find inside of the box? Yes, I love answering this question because it just makes me so excited. So every box, as I mentioned earlier, is based on a real world theme. So things that girls can relate to that uh, um, are in line with their social realities. And the way that we choose the theme each month is through the profile of a woman mathematician. So we interview a different woman mathematician every month. And when I say mathematician, all of the women that are featured in the Black Girl Magic Box have at least one degree in mathematics. And that's not so much to push kids towards becoming math majors, although that wouldn't be a bad outcome, (laughs) but just to show children the multiple career pathways that are available to them with a strong foundation in mathematics. So whatever the woman did with her math background and her math degree That is the theme we come up with. For example, in June, we featured a woman who has a bachelor's degree in math and she is a real estate agent. So we did real estate math. So what does that look like? So that particular box, just as an example, it was all about real estate math. So every box is going to come with a math activity booklet based on the theme. And that booklet is created in-house. So it's a 12-page booklet. And it was full of real estate, real world real estate math activity. So we're talking about, we're taking commissions. We're doing area and perimeter to measure room spaces. Um, We're looking at household expenses, homeowner expenses, and doing subtraction and multiplication. So that's the first, first thing that comes in the box. The second is three to five items to bring the theme to life. You know, understanding that a lot of, Math anxiety is caused by the fact that students are not necessarily making the connections between math and their real life or not seeing it. We make it very obvious. So we include three to five items, at least one screen, one of those items, at least one of them is going to be a screen free activity or manipulative. So that could be a book, that could be a math game, it could be some type of um, other math manipulative like flashcards, um, but not not your normal flashcards, you know, something that's fun and engaging and also teaching the child something new or reinforcing something they've already learned. We also include a math affirmation because, again, we're, bu- we're building math confidence. So we create statements every single month that allow a girl to, to read it and embrace it and know that she has the ability to be a math star. 
custom stickers that go with the theme. So it's a custom sticker sheet of six, six stickers, and we work with an artist to create those images. And then last but not least, a caring adult guide, because we again, going back to that 93% number, we know a lot of adults got their math anxiety when they were children, and they took that math anxiety from childhood into adulthood. And then a lot of times they pass it on to their kids, and then the cycle continues. Well, we want that cycle to stop. So we include a card specifically for the caring adult because it could be mom, it could be dad, it could be auntie, uncle, it could even be a teacher and provide tools and tips for them to help their girl get the most out of the Black Girl Magic Box experience. Wow. I think people can probably see why I wanted to have you on this podcast so badly. This is great. And it's such a great example of a mission-driven business. I love how everything kind of was born from your experiences and what you noticed and this real problem of kids coming in without the confidence and having that math anxiety and just needed needing something to help them conquer it. What advice would you have for teachers inside the classroom for helping their math students overcome math anxiety? I thought so much about this and I was just thinking back to when I was in school and I don't remember my teachers doing this. Um, for me, the the biggest piece of advice I can offer is to address it head on, address the math anxiety head on. A few ideas that I've shared um, in the summit that we did together, Alyssa, and a few other platforms is number one, to, to survey your students. Maybe that's a Google form or a type form, or maybe it's good old fashioned pen and paper, survey them about how they feel about their own math ability. For example, on a scale of one to five, with five being the most confident and one being the least confident, how confident are you in your math ability? And this is something that, of course, can be anonymous and they can just be really honest. And then either the students can interpret the findings themselves or the teacher can use a Google form for them to create the analytics and the images themselves on the Google form and then have a discussion about that. You know, the kids will probably see that more more than likely they're not the only ones who have some math anxiety and they can have start to have this conversation about what it looks like to actively dismantle it. Another suggestion I have is to do a math affirmation activity with your students. So I have some sample math affirmations on Teachers Pay Teachers um, that we put in previous boxes. But there's a way where you can literally have your students brainstorming how they feel about math today and then how they want to feel about math tomorrow and then creating positive statements for them to go from how they feel today to how they want to feel tomorrow. And to take it a step further, starting and or ending class with a math affirmation. Maybe you focus on one math affirmation for a month, or maybe you do a different one every day or every week. And this is something that can be done virtually as well. So again, getting them in that math confidence mindset. The last thing I'll suggest is showing how math connects to things they're familiar with already. You know, there are so many, and especially since I started Black Girl Magic, I see I see math all the time, but now that this is what I do for a living, I just, I literally can make connections to almost anything, math connections to almost anything. And sometimes my students, I know they're like, oh my gosh, here she is again, <laughs> you know, making another connection to real life. But it's important for kids to see that the math that they're learning at school is the math that is existing in their real lives. 
So being able to show them those connections as well, uh, I think familiarity breeds confidence. So helping, again, to dismantle that anxiety by showing them how math connects to, to their everyday lives. Such great tips. I think the affirmations, especially for me when I taught math, I needed to maybe give the kids a little more of that. Maybe instead of being so focused on the skills, you know, growth mindset is a big piece of math. Yes. And they need that. They need those affirmations. So those are great, all great tips. I noticed that one of your boxes recently, you connected math to food. So that's definitely a good way to get kids interested. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, one of one of my boxes, my January box, I always chuckle at myself just for being, you know, a corny adult at this point <laughs> in time. But my January box focused on uh, social media math and I included angle dominoes. And I said in the booklet, I said the same angles that you're hearing about in these songs about, you know, knowing your angles when you take your selfies, guess those are the same angles you're learning about a math class. Oh my gosh. That's great. (laughs) So again, just making those connect because it literally, I was like, if you hold up your phone to take a selfie, your arm is at an angle. Yeah. It is literally at an angle. It is that it's maybe acute. It may be obtuse. It may be straight. Oh my gosh. but it is at an angle. And so again, just being able to, in in a way to over overwhelm them in a good way with those connections uh, will pay off. I can see them getting right into that. They would definitely love the (laughs) selfie angle lesson. That's a great idea. So you just had your one year anniversary in your business. Congratulations. That was a huge milestone. Thank you. My mom is here. She's clapping in the background. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) such a cause for celebration. So what was your favorite moment? If you're looking back over the year, what would you say is your all time high? So aside from positively impacting the lives of hundreds of girls and even boys, because let me tell you, boys can also get a lot of value out of this box. Perhaps the most exciting moment was when we were added to Beyonce's Black Parade Route, which is her directory of Black-owned businesses on her website. I, I've been a Beyonce fan for a very long time. I'm not a stan. I know there are some folks who are like really, you know, hardcore Beyonce. I'm kind of like stan adjacent. I'm more of a fan and a supporter um, and have always admired her work ethic and the level of quality in which she produces. Um, so it was such an honor to be included on that website on her website, Beyonce.com, I still can't believe it because it was just a few weeks ago. Um, and I still wow. believe it, but it, it really is validation for what we're doing. Um, in addition to the positive feedback we continue to get and even the constructive feedback, um, just to have, to be able to be on that type of platform is really monumental for me and my family. Absolutely. That is really such a great cause for celebration and so worthy. Um, So what about if you could go back over the year, is there something you would do differently? Yes. So I was, when I looked at this, I was like, well, how much time do we have? No, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) The biggest thing I, I thought about this before and One of the things that you'll read if you research just how to start a business or how to how to start a subscription box business 
one of the tips you may see, an early tip is to get a professional graphic design and branding package done. I did that. I think that if I could go back, I actually would have waited a little bit longer to invest in that package. Reason why is because when I very when I did my very when I first 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 started Black Girl Magic, so I started it technically. Um, I filed my LLC paperwork in October 2018, and then I pre-launched in December 2018. But I actually didn't launch and open the doors for business until June 2019. But when I first started, I asked my artist friend, the one who also creates the art for the custom stickers we include each month, I asked him to create an image for me so that I could look professional coming out of the gate. Like I'm not graphically design inclined person at all. I don't have this. I know what looks good, but I can't make, I can't make the thing that looks good. And so, um, so I was like, you know, can you just draw me something, whatever you, whatever comes to mind for you. So he drew the little girl that now we all see if you go on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter page. And, you know, she's she's basically like our character girl. He drew her and he drew her holding up a sign saying Black Girl Magic. She ended up becoming the logo on accident. You know, I just thought I was going to use her at the beginning and then I was going to get my fancy, expensive graphic design package and, you know, keep it moving. But she has literally taken on a life of her own. And the reason why is because the girls get the box and they look at her and she looks like them. And she is holding up a sign talking about math. And so when we talk about building representation and we talk about building math identity, that's one way to do it is to literally have images that look like girls that show positive, someone having a positive math experience. So I definitely would yeah. would have still invested in that graphic design and branding package, but I would not have done it as soon as it, if I had known how much, if I had known how she was going to take off. And so I make that suggestion when I talk to people who are interested in starting a subscription box or just anything. I'm like, just, just start with, start with what you have first. Just start. Don't, don't let your, don't stop yourself because you don't feel like you have all of the boxes checked off to start your business. Start with what you have and then allow it to evolve. And you'll know when it's time. Yeah, I think with a subscription box, people kind of get hung up on the look of it, the box, the packaging and feeling like all of that has to be perfect. But like you said, you never know what element of your business is going to end up really resonating with people and taking off. And so it's better to just to just start to just jump in and then kind of take it from there, like you said. But what other tips about do you have about starting up a subscription box in particular, because there is a lot that goes into it. So how did you know where to order and how to put it together and what to do for packaging? What are your top tips for setting up this type of a business? Yes. So I honestly have to give basically all the credit to a wonderful website, subscriptionschool.com. There are a couple of platforms. I call them the Etsy of subscription boxes because they're marketplaces. There are two. There's one called Crate Joy and there's another one called Subly. If there are more, I don't know about them. Those are the two prominent ones. Crate Joy came out before Subly. Um, and I actually had another, I don't talk about this a whole lot, but I had another subscription box idea I worked on about five years ago for tall women because I'm 5'10". And it was like right around when Stitch Fix came out 
and there were a couple of boxes for plus size women. And I said, well, what about tall women? We struggle shop mm-hmm. too. So I had done all this research. I'm referring back to that because I learned so much, even though I didn't follow through and launch that idea, I learned so much about how to start a subscription box from subscriptionschool.com, which is a CrateJoy website. And then also their accompanying Facebook group, which is called Subscription School. I would literally just spend hours reading through posts. If there was a specific question I had, I would search the search bar for that question. And more often than not, I could find multiple posts about it. So even down to my packaging, that inspiration for what I do, which is uh, stickers on a purple box, that came from inspiration from another subscription box owner who did something similar that I read about in one of the, in the subscription school group. Now there are a variety of subscription box owner or subscription box business groups on Facebook. So you can literally go on Facebook and type subscription group and tons of them will come up. Um, But for me, I learned so much on subscriptionschool.com. They have templates, they have launch guides, they have webinars, they have videos, they have articles, they even have a it's it's not very robust and they and they say that, but there's a calculator you can use to figure out how to price your box. And another thing I also recommend, which they talk about on the subscription school website, is to number one, pick something you are passionate about. This is a daily operation. So and sometimes you can be very much in the weeds. I feel that way almost every day and I'm working actively to get out of the weeds, but it's very easy to get into the weeds. So it has to be something that you are passionate about and that you are going to enjoy consuming and creating for day in and day out. Another recommendation that they'll give that I also agree with is to niche and then niche down some more. So that's not to say that you're not going to serve more than just the audience that you say you're going to serve. So for me, you know, my primary audience is black girls. But when I talk about my box, I talk about serving all girls because all girls have the option to not only build their math confidence, but also to learn about black history, which is relevant for all of us. So just because your niche may be something very specific, that doesn't mean that's Those are the only people you're going to serve. But when it comes to creating, when it comes to beta testing, when it comes to doing customer discovery, when it comes to creating your social media strategy, your business plan and all of those things, when it comes to putting all the pieces in place, you need to have a very specific audience you're focused on. The last piece of advice is to research, research and research. I can't tell you how much time I spend on Pinterest. Um, I go to Staples and I see things like and take pictures in Staples like, oh, this could go on a box in the future. You will literally be doing research all of the time. It's a ton of work, but it's very gratifying. It's very fulfilling. Again, if you're working on something and addressing a, a problem that you're passionate about solving. I think there are such great uh, pieces of advice in everything that you just said, and you've really gotten us off on the right foot. I especially love what you said about the niche, picking your niche and not feeling like that's the only people you can talk to. A lot of teachers that I work with, they're almost like mourning the loss of who they can't talk to when they try to niche down, but it's not that way. It's just, that's what your focus is. That's where your laser focus is, but you can still serve more people than just your niche. So that's good advice. And the researching 
so important. So important. So important. I mean, I, I, because it's an education box specifically, and because we're talking to educators, I was on Google Scholar, mm-hmm. <laughs> reading about math anxiety. I was, I was reaching out to friends who are um, PhD students. Like, can you send me this, this white paper, this journal? I can't access it because I'm not connected to a university. <laughs> and just so much research just to validate and really understand because I didn't grow up with math anxiety. I've always loved math. I've always been good at it until I got to college, which is where I really struggled. But I've always enjoyed it. And so I had to really understand even though I knew my students were experiencing it, I had to really understand it from a data and research perspective. Like, what is this thing? And what are the causes? And what are some things that can help turn it around? So Google Scholar was really good for that. And um, just good old-fashioned Google searches around the topic that I wanted to address. It's great to start from the research standpoint. Sometimes it can be so exciting. You have an idea, you want to just jump in, but it pays off, like you said, to validate your idea and to just make sure that you fully understand, especially when it's so mission-based like yours is. And you, in the beginning, you started off with some percentages that really, it really speaks to your business. When you, when you know, when you have that knowledge to give around your topic, people can tell that you really know what you're talking about. And when you go on your Instagram page, you can really tell that you've done this research and you do a great job of kind of portraying your mission through your Instagram post. So I want to ask you, how do you know what to share on Instagram when it comes to sharing content? Even though you have a physical product, your Instagram isn't all just pictures of your physical product. How do you know what content to post to support your mission? That's an excellent question. And to be honest, that's one of the things that I need to to, to get some help with. <laughs> because it's just so hard, you know, to, and you know that as well, to do everything you yeah. need to do in your business and to also manage your social media. Um, but for me, it, I knew I wanted to inspire I wanted to educate and I wanted to entertain because math, of course, can feel very boring to people. So I wanted my page to be fun. I wanted it to be colorful. Um, I wanted it to be engaging. I wanted to inspire because math doesn't isn't a subject that people are always you know, inspired by. They rather not in, engage with it at all. I wanted to inspire. And so I do Math Crush Mondays where I share the stories of the women that I featured and how they're using math to do really amazing things and change the world. And I wanted to educate because I think most people understand why it's a good thing for our children to be confident in math, right? Like we think about, okay, we I, if I'm a parent, if I'm putting myself in one of my parents' shoes, for example, one of my customers, or even one of my parents for, for the students I tutor, I want my child to do well in math because I want my children to have good grades and I want them to, you know, do well in school and go on to a good college or, you know, whatever they want to do after they get out of out of high school. I want them to to have everything available to them. But it's so much more than that when we look at math specifically, you know, there's such a large conversation now about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. We got all kinds of STEM camps and we got, you know, STEM experiences and STEM toys and, you know, STEM, 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 which is wonderful. 
when you think about it, math is the foundation of STEM. My mother likes to say, my mother's a retired principal, so she just loves all of this. My mother likes to say that you can't have STEM without the M. And she's right. If the goal is for us to get our children so excited about STEM as children that they go on to become engineering majors or chemistry majors or science or any other type of science major, guess what they're going to be doing a lot of no matter what they're majoring in? Math. (laughs) And if the foundation for basic math is not there, they are going to disengage. Period. I study Joe Bowler's work. I love Joe Bowler. And I read an article where she talked about I don't, I don't remember if it was uh, the students she's worked with at Stanford or at another university, but there were, there's been studies done that girls will come into college as a STEM major. And then when they see how much math they have to do, they're done, they're switching to something else. So it's more than just a good grade at school. It's more, it's, it's, it's also about helping them have more career options because so many jobs require math and not even just STEM, architecture, accounting, cooking. They want to be chefs. There's a lot of math there. We talked about that earlier. So I try my best and I'm working on doing a better job of this going into year two of the business to really talk about the why. Why is so important for kids to have math confidence beyond just good grades at school? So I'm going to be rolling out soon some math confidence tips on my Instagram page. Um, and I also periodically include quotes from different women mathematicians. And again, just validating the need for the confidence to be there beyond just doing well in school. So that's the education piece. And like I said, giving parents tips too for uh, many of our parents now, especially with COVID-19 are in a position, you know, that they didn't necessarily want to be in or envision themselves being in. And that's helping with helping extensively with homework and schoolwork. And so I want to be able to give them some value and some tips, especially with math, because I don't know how, I can't even tell you how many posts I've seen from friends about, oh my God, I got to teach third grade math. Me, I'm (laughs) teaching my child and I don't know what I'm about to do. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what kind of math they're doing now. So again, providing tips for parents as well. So those are kind of like the main three pillars, I would say, I'm trying to convey on social media. And then, of course, sprinkling user-generated content, so customers using the box and the physical product in action as well, but also making making it a more holistic space for math confidence, because like we've been talking about this whole time, math is, is not the silo it's made out to be. It's literally interwoven into everything. And so I try to keep that at the forefront whenever I'm creating content, how is this going to connect math back to somebody's lived experiences? So many great tips there. And I know that the listeners are going to be excited to check out your Instagram page to connect with you. I know lots of parents are going to be looking for resources to help their kids along with their math confidence, especially after listening to this episode. So I want to know where can everyone connect with you? Where can they find you? Yes. So when we celebrated our one year anniversary last month, we also rolled out our brand new website, which I'm so excited to share. (laughs) It is blackgirlmathjig.com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at blackgirlmathjig, spelled the same way, M-A-T-H-G-I-C. 
And then we're on Twitter, but Black Girl Magic was too long for Twitter. So we had to use BLK Girl Magic. So we're on all of those platforms. And I didn't get to mention earlier, we do also work with schools and serve schools. Actually, right before COVID-19 hit, we got our very first order, bulk order from a district of 200 boxes from the East Orange School District in East Orange, New Jersey. And now that COVID is here and there's just so much just uncertainty around everything, we want to continue to serve schools and to serve those families who may not be able to get the box on their own. All of that is great. And I'll be sure to link everything in the show notes so that people can click over to find you. So I want to thank you again. This episode was so full of great tips from teaching math to, you know, helping kids and running your own business. We've kind of covered everything. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Alyssa. After Brittany and I were done recording, we got talking about the donation button on her website. She has a donation button ready to go. You can head over to her website and donate a Black Girl Magic box to a girl who is in need of some math confidence and is wanting to kind of bust through her math anxiety. You can go to www.blackgirlmathgic.com. I'll link to it in the show notes to donate a box or even two to a girl who is very deserving of this wonderful, wonderful product. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.